Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is The Future of Sex. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, the women-run sex tech companies you might want to know about, and a primer on pansexuality. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener whose BF got caught masturbating to pictures of her friends, and a virgin who wants to know how to take casually. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. Since launching the podcast called Future of Sex, she has been on stages across the world talking about just that topic, the future of sex. Please welcome sex tech expert, Bryony Cole. <gasps> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, can you please explain to us what exactly sex tech is and how doth one become a sex tech expert? Excellent. So sex tech, by definition, is any technology designed to enhance sexuality. So it could be what is the obvious, right? People jump to VR porn or robots. But it's also other things like teledildonics, um, remote controlled sex toys, sex education apps, sexual health services, Kegel exercises, anything with technology and sexuality mashed up together, that's sex tech. And if you read any of the articles about sex tech, they go on and on about it being this $30 billion industry. That's a lot of money. And you're an expert. What to do. And so how did I become an expert? Yeah. Well, I just stumbled across sex tech. You know, my background's in technology. I used to work for Microsoft and I was doing a lot of futuristic work, so or thought leader work, future of work. I then went freelance and did this future of nightlife project with Absolute. And that is where when I was interviewing people about what does the future of nightlife look like that I stumbled upon sex tech. Which is funny because for a while, Absolute Vodka, if I remember correctly, had those ads with those like hot robots. Do you remember? Do you yes. guys remember? I remember you, that. I'm pretty sure it was I remember Absolute the Vodka. Bottles, but yeah. I just remember ads with like hot robots. So it's very funny that like working with Absolute led yeah, you into sex tech. Down this rabbit hole. Because I'm pretty sure I was always like, they've got like sexy robots in their advertisements. <laughs> Unless I'm mixing Absolute. them up no, with no. a different vodka. I feel like I'm remembering what you're remembering. I'm going to Google this as we're talking. Seems like Absolute's just really into the future. Okay, so mm. tell us who you, okay. you stumbled upon it. So and I stumbled upon what it. What happened? Two guys in a garage um, that I was interviewing about the future of nightlife told me they were making these virtual reality scent releases. So scent release being the smell that's released. And so you'd put these headsets on and they'd attach with a scent releaser and then you would be in a hot tub with three supermodels. Oh. And their whole thing was like, we're never going out again. <laughs> this is the future of nightlife. Right. Why, why, would any, couch, why would anybody leave? A pack of Doritos and myself and all these supermodels. So, yeah. So when I spoke to them, what was fascinating to me is they hadn't really thought through what that would mean if, if the tech went mainstream. Like they didn't really care, first of all. But I was like, this is crazy. This is going to change dating and falling in love and having sex and family structures. Like what are we going to do? And they're like, I don't know. Sounds awesome. <laughs> and um, so I, I thought, oh, my gosh, I have to do something and put on my little investigator cap and made a podcast and just went and interviewed anyone I could think of that might have some more perspective than me or more knowledge than me about this sex tech industry. So I interviewed therapists and sex educators and technologists like these guys, of course, and um, everyday people about what is the future of sex? What does that look like? What is sex tech? Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. So like this, this unfortunately, this smell-o-vision uh, VR thing has not become quite mainstream yet. But there is a lot of sex tech that, that has kind of become mainstreamed. And how do you think like technology has changed the way we fall in love today? Oh, well, you ladies are experts in this in terms of... <laughs> I mean, Aww. dating apps, right? Dating apps is the obvious. And I think, um, you know, the OG sex tech, right, that we talk about, it's probably like FaceTime or Skype where you're, um, 
remotely having sex with someone via a screen. But now we have all these other attachments and vibrators that connect to the internet or things that you can control while your partner's connect in the Connect to your iPod and yeah. beat along with your music or whatever. Yeah. So I de- it's definitely changed our experience and the accessibility and the accessibility is a big one. Like people are having so much casual sex because it's so available and I just read this study about the rise of STIs and STDs and they're trying to blame technology. They're like, well, you can just it's, – it's way easier to have casual sex now than it ever was before. Do you think it's not technology's fault though? Um, I think there's a number of factors there, yeah. I mean we ha- no one's made condoms cool yet, right? Yeah. Right, because we had just read a study like a few episodes ago about how a lot of people associate Tinder with, with casual – promiscuity mm-hmm. but they were saying that tinder's not to blame that just what was it you did the study it was saying not that people don't hook up from tinder but that people there isn't for, according to the study they're hooking up just as much as people that aren't using mm-hmm. so i wonder tinder. if i wonder if like maybe the rise of stis and stds it's not technology to blame maybe it's the fact that like it's like a different sexual revolution again where it's becoming more acceptable and less shameful and you know the term slut is finally going away and that women are being more empowered that if they want to have sex they can and it's not a bad thing to have a one night stand if that's what you want and you're empowered by that choice so maybe it's like a combination of things yeah and bad sex education still because, like, if everyone had good sex education, we'd probably know. That's probably sex. the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, that probably is, yeah, supersedes everything. Oh, and by the way, the robots was not absolute vodka. It was Svedka vodka uh, with their super misogynistic oh, wow. commercials that oh, say, wow. make your next trophy wife 100% titanium with, like, this sexy robot. Oh, barf. Anyway. When was that? <sighs> not that long ago. I feel not like that, that would fly ago, today. Right? It should not. It should never have flown. Um, okay, so I want to know what do you see as the future of sex? Like is it going to be – are we going to have like robot strippers and is like sex with robots considered cheating? Like I just have so many <laughs> questions on where mm, do you sure. – what do you see the issues and what do you see as the future? Okay, well I'm probably going to give you an answer that you're like, oh, I just – I, I want to know something media than this. Um but whenever I ask people what is the future of sex, they always respond. And it doesn't matter if they're like working in deep tech or if they're working on robotics. They always give this answer that the future of sex is going to be one that's more open. We're going to be more open, less judgmental, no more shame. Oh, that I, is meaty. I like that though. Yeah, it's kind of a beautiful, optimistic yes. answer, right? It's not like robots are going to replace us and we're all going to just... Yeah. Sit at home with Doritos, the virtual reality set and the robots. But I think it's interesting to think about um, these innovations like sex dolls or robots or whatever you call them because the technology is so advanced. You know, they're putting artificial intelligence into the dolls. You can program their personalities via an app. Creepy. Um, They can, you know, distinguish whether they're outside or inside because of the cameras in their head. So I think there's really interesting things that are going to happen with our behaviour and our experiences and because we have such trouble talking about sex, because it's still so taboo, we don't really explore the implications of that. We just go, oh, they're going to replace us and, like, this is terrible. But there's actually some really interesting um, research coming out about their uses as doll, um, not dolls, their uses in therapy, their uses in caregiving and just alternative uses for dolls rather than just... Yeah, it's just this replacement girlfriend or boyfriend. I feel like there's this cliche that I've heard and it sounds like from everything you're talking about, it might be true that that a lot of like technological advancements come from like the sex and porn industry. Absolutely. And then it and then it starts there. It starts with, everything starts with sex. Yeah. And then it bleeds into other industries. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you why think is back that to, um porn basically, like online payment systems? That's that right. porn. Video streaming. Again, all these things came from the adult entertainment industry where humans are so obsessed with sex and trying to make it different or make it better. Like this is why sex, sex is good. Like we could still do it the way we were doing it thousands of years ago. Why are people still innovating and creating these new technologies and going, ah, well, let's try it with glasses on and (laughs) from a distance. Right. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like sex robots and all these innovations happening there, and now you're saying that they could bleed into like caregiving and all these. Right. We're gonna have yes. like 
robot butlers. Yeah. Like your parents get old. Just give them a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, though, like we're joking, but like my grandma's super lonely. She lives by herself. Like she and she also doesn't care what other people have to say because she's old and she's asked all her questions. Like a robot would be a perfect companion for an old person. Next to a dog. Next, well, but a wow. robot can like ask you questions. Oh, right, right, right. Like, oh, what did you do when you were old? Oh, tell me all about or young. Yeah, you know. they love. Yeah, old people love telling stories over and over again. Right. Do you know, in um, Japan, they have uh, a robot called Paro, which is a, a robot fu- dog, furry seal. Yeah. Did you see, have you seen it? And it goes into nursing homes. It's for patients with Alzheimer's. I don't know if I saw the exact one you're talking about, but I saw this. It was like a New York Times mini documentary about these robot dogs. I think it was in Japan where whatever company it was stopped like reproducing the dogs or the, manufacturing the dogs, not reproducing, manufacturing them. <laughs> and so some of the dogs were like malfunctioning and they no longer had the parts to fix them. And these people had grown so attached to their dogs that they, it was like some, someone was dying and, and that they, they were like, you have to fix our dogs. Like I need the part that that's like malfunctioning, like I can't live without my dog, but the company just wasn't like monetarily worth it for them. Um, it was like really sad and heartbreaking and people were crying because their like robot companion dog was dying to them. I mean, doesn't that show you that humans can become attached to technology? For sure. We just tend to anthropomorphize or humanize these technologies and cry over them, hold funerals, feel really happy and content in their company. So it's not far stretched to think, sure, like this doll could potentially meet some emotional needs and I could become really emotionally attached to it. I see it. I see it happening. Yeah. And it's robots. The appeal should be that it lives forever. It's really upsetting. Um, So, but like (laughs) as technology develops, we're going to have to deal with this whole new like kind of code of ethics. Mm. Um, and I was reading a whole article about um, sexual harassment in virtual reality games, which hadn't even occurred to me. But yeah, like there's like these women playing virtual reality games and guys come up to them and like grope their character, like like the character that they are in the, in the game. Um, so like, and there was kind of this debate back and forth where a lot of the men were like, well, you could just turn the game off if you're uncomfortable. And the woman was like, well, I shouldn't have to do that. So I'm curious what you think about that and what you think solutions are to that issue. Yeah, so that was such a great case because it was a game that was designed by men and they hadn't thought through those implications and, yeah, this woman played it and her her space was invaded and she felt sexually harassed. And what ended up happening at the end, I don't know if you um, read the response. Well, I know that the creators actually had a great response. They, like, took it very seriously. But a lot of the gamers, as happens often yeah or as happens in the world right what was the response i i didn't read this so they they took that feedback on board and apart from uh, apologizing they they developed in the product a feature where if you you can murder people that that hurt (laughs) 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 you should make that game though (laughs) it was like you created this shield by crossing your arms you then created this bubble shield around you which would be so awesome in real life oh my god that would be so cool we could just walk down the street someone pissed you off or like cat called you you're like "Uh uh-uh not today bubble crossing my arms (laughs) boom um but yeah, that's it's really interesting because the technology is so new and it's advancing so quickly and people aren't thinking about these sorts of implications and so they have to quickly respond and redesign, hopefully, right? Um, but it is the Wild West out there. Like, you know, you've seen dolls that have been made in ex-girlfriend's likeness. Um, there's deep fake porn where they borrow people's faces and put it on porn yeah, stars. Didn't they do that with Katy Perry? I, I don't think, know. I think there's one. Me. I feel like I remember hearing that, or like or Emma Stone, or any number of probably female celebrities. celebrities. I mean, there was a doll in Japan made in the likeness of Scarlett Johansson. There's, it's just. Well, I, I was reading that they were like in putting um, in porns. They were taking celebrity faces and putting right. them over people yeah. in porns. Yeah, I think that was like deep fake. maybe Emma Stone in that one. Yeah. Oh, you guys know. <laughs> it's crazy. Send me, send me these. I'm curious, like, is there somewhere, like, you're so open-minded when it comes to all of these things, you kind of have to be to be in the sex tech world. Is there somewhere where you draw the line or are you constantly kind of figuring things out and, like, evolving your own thoughts on 
the future of sex. Yeah, I think I'm just curious about people, like why are they developing this? And so I always am going in with an open mind, for whether it's doll developers or VR guys. And I think what helped was going to um, sexual attitude readjustment day, which is what most sex therapists have to do to become qualified. What is that? So it's amazing. I think everyone should do it, um, but I cannot unsee what I saw. And it's essentially what it sounds like. So it's a day, if you're a psychotherapist, you want to become a sex therapist in the US, in New York, you go to this day and you're exposed to all these different dysfunctions um, and stories about people that have had them. And the idea is by the end of that day, you can find your edge. So if someone came to you as a patient and they're seeing you for a couple of sessions, you were treating them for, I don't know, something to do with a marriage troubles. But then they came out, which is usually the case in therapy. It comes out later. Also, I'm fucking my cow. Do you then continue to see that patient because you feel comfortable talking about bestiality and the implications and all that? Or do you refer out? So it's all about finding what is your absolute limit in terms of openness. That's so fascinating. Did you find what your edge was? Probably bestiality, yeah. Like that's just not something that, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've ever want to ever confront. Yeah. Um, again, lots of incest stuff, which was really interesting just how common that is and just the, all these dysfunctions that you're like, wow, I didn't even think about falling in love with a balloon and like what would that mean? <laughs> what would, you've never seen my strange obsession on TLC. <laughs> There's a man in a relationship with a Ferris wheel. Yes, yes. <laughs> they showed us that one. Did they really? Actually, it was a woman. Oh, oh it's a thing. Yeah. Ferris wheels. And there was like oil that drips and she yeah. just like gets all up in it. What? She goes to like an abandoned amusement park and then just gyrates on, on like the old roller coaster or whatever it is, Ferris yeah. wheels. It's just like humans are so fascinating. And what are we doing with all this technology? Like, what are we trying to do? Create <laughs> more Ferris, Ferris wheels? wheels? <laughs> um, Isn't that what virtual reality was created for? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, there's so many more questions we have for you, and we're going to talk more about the future of sex later on in the podcast. But for now, let's jump into what's in the news. Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? So I found the perfect news story for this week's episode. It's four women-run sex tech companies that are making the industry more accessible. This is on Mashable. It's a piece by Laura Vito. So she says, shopping for a sex toy often means waiting through a sea of products played by off-putting marketing, questionable safety, or both. So these ladies uh, have an aim to to change that. I'm curious if you've heard of any of them also. So number one uh, is a company called Dame. Of course. Okay. Their office is around the corner. Really? Are, what Are you a fan? Big fan. So yeah, they make uh, cute vibrators for clitoral stimulation specifically. And their whole thing is that they want to change like the marketing of the product and make it more women focused. Because I guess I never really thought about this, but a lot of sex toys are, are kind of created with a male gaze. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the women who founded it, their names are Alexandra Fine and Janet Lieberman. And they said, you still see a lot of products marketed with women in lingerie taking off their high heels. It often has a very male gaze that's hard to deny in the branding, which is like so true. Like honestly, a lot of the time when you're using your vibrator, you're not in your high heels and your lingerie. You're like in your jammies. So. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes you are. Yeah, so I'm into that. Sometimes and you're not in anything. Sometimes you're not in it. Yeah, sometimes you're in high heels, sometimes you're in your jammies, sometimes nothing. And something I didn't realize is apparently a lot of sex toys are largely unregulated. Yes, and uh, the very poor engineering. And that's terrifying. Manufactured in China. Yes. The, Janet uh, definitely knows what she's doing as an MIT graduate um, well, in engineering. Um, her partner, well, that's good. You have the inside scoop on even their education. This is I know, really. This is great. <laughs> I go deep into you the women of sex tech. I love it. <laughs> so you can sign off on them. Yeah, one of them, the uh, uh, Alexandra said she once had a vibrator that caught on fire when the battery shorted out, which perhaps it was made in China. Uh, yeah, so good to get your sex toys from places that have these things in mind. Um, number two is Maud, which I feel like Maud has a very you vibe, Laura. They're oh. very aesthetically pleasing. Really? I do like, I care about my aesthetics. This is true. Um, they have condoms, lubricant, and a vibrator. Um, their founder, Eva Go- 
do you, do you know? Vergochia, I believe is how you say it. She used to be a, a clothing retailer for Everlane. And that's very much the vibe of like all these products. They're very minimalist. Oh, I they, do like the aesthetic. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. yeah. Very clean aesthetic. They use like neutral colors instead of like neons, like a lot of sex toys. Very Danish inspired, I would say. <laughs> if you're into hygge. <laughs> Maybe. Um, they, I like that they say that um, their lubricants look like Aesop, Aesop soap bottles, if you've ever seen oh, those. Yeah, yeah. Like yes. kind of, uh, so yeah, I guess there's you an, can... There's an Aesop's right around the corner. Yeah. So you can display them. They look nice. Um, is that a trend that you've noticed? Like Absolutely. People yeah. are more into the aesthetics now. Yeah. I mean, these things look good on your coffee table. They're not big, phallic symbols like who designed them okay let's be real women that are designing the in creating these vibrator companies they're creating beautifully designed products that yeah i don't want some like creepy vibrator no (laughs) even the rabbit's kind of a bit like uh, yeah it's just clear what it is you know there's no denying it's a yeah, sex toy. It's not these pretty. Kind of, these look like bathroom essentials. Mm-hmm. Like these could be on your shelf like in your music bathroom. Tones and yeah, just yeah, yeah, for sure. So next up we have Pulse. Um, they created a warming lubricant mm-hmm. dispenser, and the story is really you know cool. them too. I know them too from Seattle. Uh, wow. I, any other fun facts about Pulse? Pulse. I I think you should tell everyone about Pulse. I think it's um. It's catering to a really specific market in women that are postmenopausal women. Yeah, it's like you know, it's such a great idea. Again, a product that looks awesome, designed by women and really well designed. It doesn't look like some skanky tub of lube or like KY jelly or whatever. I need my lube to look pretty. Like the lube, I think looks really pretty. It's the what's the one that's in the clear glass? They also say you could like use it for your hair and your shoes. I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds amazing. I'll find it. But anyways, wait, tell us more about this one. Well, like any good product that you see on Shark Tank, she saw a need. She met it. Her name is Amy Buckalter, and she went through menopause, like you said. And when you go through menopause, you can dry up a little bit and you need a little more lube. Um, But she, like, just didn't like the process of having to stop what she was doing and squirting some lube in her hand. So she created this dispenser to go on your bedside table you just stick your palm under it dispenses lube um and it's better than like um lubes that have warming sensations with chemicals because it's just done the natural way yeah it's like it's like looks like you would put like a coffee pod you know right and it just dispenses like a k-cup uber lube was the one i was thinking of they have the lube they have the most beautiful bottles and finally i'm super into number four they're called unbound Yes. I love that they you picked need to good. Get Polly on the show. Yes. So, yeah, Polly Rodriguez, um, she created Unbound. They've already been selling sex toys for a while, but now they do these quarterly subscription kits. And I like the thinking behind it because she said it's like a lot of um, older people and couples, but also it appeals to me um, that like they're, they don't know what they want to buy. They're like afraid to explore. So they just do this subscription kit and they just send them products. You don't have to think about it. And then you use stuff that you might not have normally bought. How fun is that? Like that's, that sounds like Christmas every month. Right. And they're like not samples too. They're like full size vibrators that you're getting. I don't know how you do a sample of a vibrator, but <laughs> but yeah, I like a it. very and, tiny one. Yeah, a little like the little finger ones. Um, but yeah, their whole thing is like education. They have a publication that their goal is like to fill in the education gap in sex ed. So super into uh, Unbound and Polly. Cool, that's a nice roundup. Yeah, thank you. You've just included some of my favorite companies. Is there any that you think the article missed that are your favorite companies in sex tech that? Should have been covered. Oh, there's like 200. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. But Give us I mean, one. one <laughs> Those ones. If we're talking about sex toys and vibrators, the Crave necklaces are mm. really beautiful. Oh, I'll check those. So what is that? It's, it's almost like it, it looks like a necklace. So you, you couldn't guess that it was a vibrator unless you're in the know. In the know. Um, but it's a really stylish necklace and it has like a bullet, but it's not a bullet. It's like this stylish piece down there and you can engrave them. So I have a friend that gives them out at parties and he's like, love from Peter. Um, (laughs) And then you could just take it off when you're having sexy time. Yeah, yeah. And And use it. It just looks really styly. That's cool. And great for travel. And that's nice. You could like hang it by your bed. It's like just my necklace, my jewelry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very cool. 
Uh, what are you reading about, Laura? So I was reading The Cut, New York Magazine. This is an article by Alexia Lafata. Um, what is pansexuality? So there's been a lot of talk about this lately. In a Rolling Stone cover story, Janelle Monet spoke candidly about her sexuality. And she said, quote, being a queer black woman in America, someone who has been in relationships with both men and women, I consider myself to be a free-ass motherfucker. <laughs> The magazine revealed that she first identified as bisexual, but then later clarified that she read about pansexuality and was like, oh, these are things that I identify with too. I'm open to learning more about who I am. And in recent years, several celebrities have come out as pansexual, including Miley Cyrus, Jazz Jennings of TLC's I Am Jazz. (laughs) Oh, I'm familiar. (laughs) And the the rapper Angel Hayes. But there's still some confusion over what pansexuality really is. So everyone experiences sexuality differently. It's hard to pin down a single definition for pansexuality, according to The Cut. But GLAAD has defined it as, quote, being attracted to all gender identities or attracted to people regardless of gender. So I guess even if you don't subscribe to a specific gender, that would fall under pansexuality. Um, Is that why it's different to bisexual? Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the difference because bisexual, I guess you'd – would only be attracted to people that that uh, identify as a man and a woman, and pansexuality is like a little bit more broader, right? And I think maybe you know some bisexual people might not be open to dating like trans people, and then some bisexual people would be. But like, if you're pansexual, you're just like down for it all. So some people, um, especially younger generation are choosing not to label themselves at all. According to a 2016 survey of Generation Z, the generation born between 1995 and 2012, labels are kind of becoming a thing of the past. More than a third of Gen Zers also indicated they are somewhere between completely straight and completely homosexual, so their their sexuality is fluid to some degree. And by contrast, only 24% of millennials felt this way. So all these labels, we might not even like I mean, maybe we'll still need some labels on what your sexuality is, but apparently, like, you know, the younger generation is like, just forget all these labels in general. Why do I have to label myself at all? So it's interesting. Have you seen this as a trend? Totally. Too? Yeah, totally. That, that Generation Z, I, it gets called all sorts of different things, but sexual fluidity is such a huge, huge movement in younger generations. Like, it's quite... If, it's quite shocking for me even when I hear people that are in their early 20s talk about their sexuality. I'm like, wow, like these guys are so fluid and so comfortable talking about it that, you know, in my, in my day, <laughs> back in Australia, <laughs> um, that definitely wouldn't have flown. So it's really, it's kind of cool to see how younger generations are coming out and not giving a fuck. I love it. It's true. Um, all right, guys, we are about to jump into the mailbox and have you answer some questions. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We would like to thank our sponsor, Lola. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton, tampons, pads, and liners. And now they are offering sex products, too. I love Lola because they make every month a little bit easier. I was pregnant, so I wasn't you know, I didn't have my my period, but I am planning as soon as I give a birth to use condoms for my birth control. And so now I'm not going to have to think about going to buy some condoms at the store. I'm just going to get them sent directly to my house, which is great. Same with when I get my period back. It's going to be so much easier. They make your month a little bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable, so you can choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and the frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription anytime. And we're going to tell you a little bit about their their sex products, Sex with Lola. Uh Guys, they're great. Until now, their only options have been aggressively marketed towards men and their desires when it comes to condoms. But what about our needs as women? At Lola, women come first. So they have these ultra-thin lubricated condoms that are made of natural rubber latex and are individually tested for contraception and STI protection. They also have personal lubricant. It features a mess-free one-click pump system and water-based formula. It's hyperallergenic and made with 95% organic ingredients to create a long-lasting lubricant that perfectly mimics natural feminine moisture and maintains a healthy pH balance, which we all want, right, guys? For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter our promo code SINGLE40 when you subscribe. 
That's 40% off all subscriptions. Huge hookup. Visit mylola.com and enter our promo code SINGLE40 when you subscribe. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox for Bryony to help us answer? Okay, first up, we have an anonymous listener. They wrote in, they said, I recently caught my boyfriend looking up pictures of my friend and a coworker of his, all while also looking at porn. When I confronted him about it, he wasn't sure of what to say and tried to deny it. However, he then started to tell me how it didn't mean anything to him and that guys just think differently when it comes to sex and that he would never cheat on me. I am not sure of what to do here. I was shocked that he was looking up pictures of two girls I know and have talked to. I feel extremely insecure and I have been open about my feelings to to him. Is it normal for guys to do this? Would it be better to leave the relationship? I would really appreciate advice. Thank you. Ooh. I feel like this is kind of like, I mean, it's not like virtual reality, but like, but it, it like, I don't know. I feel it like could it, it kind of could be because it's. It gets into like those ethics. Those ethical, Because it's not a real person. Yeah. It's not like he cheated with her friend, but he was masturbating to a picture of her friend. Which is, in my head, it's like in that realm. Well, well yeah. what, what are your thoughts? Is, yeah, this, is this like I, ethically cool or not cool? Well, the line between fantasy and reality is like where do you draw it? And that comes down to what you think, right? It's like is sex with a robot cheating or not? It's like no one's deciding that but you. Do you feel like that was cheating? Some people think cheating is their partner viewing pornography, you know. But I think if I was to think about it, I think about that clearly being a fantasy world and knowing through my sexual attitude readjustment day, people have crazy fetishes that they're never going to tell their partners about. And that's just sort of part of human sexuality. There's so many things that we keep from partners and ideas that she just happened to stumble upon this one. It's better than balloons maybe. (laughs) But I can understand the insecurity, you know, of course. But Yeah, because I would not want him around my friend after that. I'd be like, you think she's hot and it's like personal, like you'd want to hook up with my friend. It would be different than it's like some like random like supermodel that like you're never going to meet or cross paths with. This feels like weirdly personal. In my book, this would be totally crossing the line. I'm, but I don't know what I do. I don't. I don't know if I'd leave a relationship, but I don't know how, how I could, how I could forget that. I mean, I'd I'd be wondering if the sex was good. You know, you mean like sex, your sex with him? Yeah. Or the is sex the sex really good with him? Like, is it that good? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Are you yeah, enjoying yeah. it? Like, because maybe it's not that good. Right. Maybe <laughs> For you. I know? I kind of agree that I feel like he did. Sort of. For me, I would feel like personally he crossed the line because the internet is full of an endless supply of women that he could be masturbating to. Why do you have to pick those two women who... There's some emotional connection. Right. You have a real life connection to. Like that is just feels like a red flag to me. So yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily break up with someone over that, but I would definitely make my my red flag radar go off. Yeah, it would be like a big bummer because like right now... I mean, I I mean, I can't imagine Nick ever doing that in the first place. But like, but right now I'm like, put him in touch with my girlfriends. Like, no problem. Like, if they come over, I'm like, oh, open the door. I'm gonna be home in 20 minutes. Like, like there's just so much trust. I if like if I found out in some weird, crazy world he was like masturbating to my friends, I it would be just I don't know. Like, change like such a solid foundation of the trust I have when like we're at parties or like having friends over and I don't know, it would just mm. be weird. I, I I would have a tough time if I was her. I'm just going to add one more thing into the mix yeah. and that it's so taboo that that's probably why it's so exciting because you can search for millions of women and faces on the internet but to search for something that personal is like it hits some exciting arousal part because it's so taboo. doesn't make it okay though. Yeah, that's that true. Is, that is interesting though. Yeah, That's a way to think about it, Yeah, Anon. Yeah, it's like <laughs> even more exciting for him maybe because he knows the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doesn't mean he'd act on it. Right, that's true. Doesn't mean he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, so just keep communicating. Doesn't mean shit <laughs> yeah. other than how you feel other about than, it. Yeah, think about how you feel just, because it doesn't matter how anyone else feels about it. It's about you, right? Right, that's right. true. 
Okay. What else do we have? Next up, we have another anonymous listener. And this listener writes, I am a 21-year-old college student who recently started seeing a 24-year-old, also a college student. By seeing, I mean a few dinner and study dates, which are then followed by going back to his apartment to fool around. I really enjoy being with him. My last partner was self-conscious and made intimacy awkward. But with my guy now, it is H-O-T and H-E-A-V-Y. That's hot and heavy for those of us who can't spell. Um, Though we engage in sexual acts, we have I've told him from date one that I'm a virgin and plan to be so until I find the one I'll spend the rest of my life with, not necessarily waiting till marriage. He respects my morals over the matter. We are simply casual. We introduce each other as friends. We have not DTR'd and we both just got out. To find the relationship. Yes. Those (laughs) Those not in the know. I always need those acronyms. I I always think it's. DTF? And I'm like, what? Yeah, what? DTF. No, what's I, that? I need to, uh, yeah. DTR'd. Um, and we ju- we both just got out of serious relationship. So I don't know if the virgin in me can keep it casual with him or if it's worth it. But I am conflicted on whether to stay single and date other people who may be the one or stay with my friend now and be his casual hookup, which I worry I'll develop into real romantic feelings. He's made it known that he is not looking for anything serious right now as he is graduating soon. What do we think she should do? It sounds like she answered her own question. No. By saying, I, yeah, I really like him, but he's made this caveat that he's not. And, like, if I, if I enter into this relationship, oh, my God, I'm going to get hurt. Like, I, I feel like the, the decision was already made up. See, You know what, what to do. What <laughs> I see when I read between the lines, see, it's interesting because we read between the lines in different ways. I see her rules that she has set for herself evolving, actually. Mm, that's what I better. that's what I read into this. Like I read that she like has always had this rule that she wants to be a virgin until she finds the one she's gonna spend the life with, spend her life with. But now she's got this friend with benefits and she kinda wants to fuck him. And she's like kind of writing us and being like, What do you, I mean, should I like go and just like date other people to find the one or like can I keep hooking up with this guy that I kind of want to have sex with, even though I'm like not supposed to? Like, but I don't know. That's what I read yeah. into it. What? But what did I don't know? What did you read into it? Did you read into like her evolving rules, or did you read into like she needs to say goodbye to him? I mean, so she says she's afraid to stay with him because she thinks she's going to develop romantic feelings for him, which means that she would be open to having sex with him one day. But I, I don't. It doesn't sound like she's ready to have sex right now to no? me. Okay, but um, you, you agree with Briny. Yeah, I think, but they're also, like, so casual. I don't see why she can't do both. Like, she could kind of keep hooking up with him and look for the one. Because I'm afraid if she she makes him her main only option, she will develop feelings, and then it's just she's going to wind up getting hurt. I feel like she needs to keep, like, all her fires going. It yeah. sounds like she's developed feelings for him already. Yeah. I, think, I think you need to know. Yeah, you probably will get, get more feelings, uh, especially true. after you have sex. So expect that, but also enjoy sex if you can. Right. And like it, part of the deal of life is that we're going to get hurt. Like you can't escape that. That's part of what we all are signed up for. That's it's such true. a good point. And you I mean, the cool thing about this is that your friends with benefits are hooking up with this guy who is super honest with you. And he's like, hey, I'm graduating. I do not want anything serious. So you know what the deal is. Mm. So like, now you can make the choice. If you do want to have sex with this guy that you're really comfortable around and it's hot, you say it's like super hot and heavy and like you're doing all these other stuff, like maybe you do want to lose your virginity to him and you've changed your mind. And like just know and you and you're at least you're you would be like having sex with someone where you know the rules. You know there's nothing serious coming from this. It's not going to be some like weird wishy-washy where he is going to break your heart and you didn't know it. Like he's told you he doesn't want anything serious. So if you make that choice, like it's cool. You already know the end result. So you can have fun and like be like sexually empowered by your decision if you want to like just hook up with someone for fun. Um, and get it out of the way. <laughs> or if you really do want to stick to like this rule you've always set for yourself, then that's really special too and you should hold on to that. Yeah. So I don't know, right? 
I, yeah, Amen. I think so. Okay. Uh, well, we hope that's helpful. If any of you listeners want your questions answered or if you have any funny messages that you want to share with us, you can email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Please make all of your inquiries a paragraph or less because we get a lot of them and we want to be able to read them on the podcast. Um, now let's dive into our reason of the week. This week's reason is the future of sex. So let's get into it a little bit more. We've touched base on some of these things. Uh, You mentioned teledildonics. Isn't that a fun word to say? Did I say it right? Teledildonics. I don't know. What is that? (laughs) Teledildonics is a remote-controlled sex toys, either via Bluetooth connection or Wi-Fi, kind of like connecting any other technology, right? So... There's certain companies that are building these teledildonics. They've been building them for a while. In fact, teledildonics is a really old term. It came out through sci-fi movies in like I think the 70s or the 90s. But Kiru is a company that started making these teledildonics for couples. The original sort of the original vision they had was this is great for couples that are long distance. And so they made this cock sleeve and this vibrator that could feel each other essentially through an internet connection. And you could, I, I don't know if you've seen any of these videos. Okay, I've only seen something, tell me if this is similar. I saw like Fifty Shades of Grey, the sequel. Oh, I didn't see it. Um, well, so like he gave her this vibrator that he could control with a remote control and like they went to like a dinner party and like while they're like at dinner at the table, he would just like buzz it and she'd be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Whatever. It was a stupid scene in the movie. But is that <laughs> yeah, remote, con- remote control what it vibrators? Is? Yeah. So All right. So well, my only experience is obviously through pop culture as always. <laughs> <laughs> but that's from across the room. That's they, like they're battery operated or across the room. But this is when you're in another country or um, completely um, on another planet. No. Um, the interesting thing about where they've taken this is you don't need to have a remote control in your hand anymore. Sure, there's vibrators which can be controlled by apps and stuff like that. But this is about you trying to simulate sex with someone through the movement. So you would be controlling the cock sleeve as it's going up and down on your lover in London. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. And so they originally started making teledildonics for couples, but what has ended up happening is they are huge in the webcam scene and some of the features they put on these vibrators are like they flash when, um, you know, when people tip them online and you can have up to 50 people connected to one vibrator, so... You know, for male demographic, if they buy the right cock sleeve, they can connect to this um, webcam model and control a vibrator and it's all very exciting. So what started out as something for couples is well and truly morphed into something where people are making a ton of money. That's Again, back to adult entertainment. Right? It all goes back to that. And the, the future vision of this is that people will be able to all connect together and have like mass orgies. Which is always Bluetooth. the goal. Yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful future. <laughs> Do you think that is that like the future of sex, will that be like our mainstream thing? Like that'll be the new sexting? I think at the moment what we're seeing is um, people, there's, there's, early stages of like connecting sex toys to apps and things like that. So it won't be too far before dating apps are connected to sex toys, just like how we have like Pure App, which is basically an Uber for sex. I'm sure you guys have talked about it on the show. Um, I don't even know if we have. Yeah. What, what is it? Pure I don't think we've talked about it. Uh, well, fill I, us in on the missing thing. We, I, we, we try to catch everything, oh, but sometimes we miss stuff. Well... This is what I know. It, 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 I'm not sure if it's marketed as a dating app, but essentially it's described as Uber for sex in that you, your profile appears um, with all your details only for 30 minutes and then it disappears. But in that time you're like, hey, I'm down to fuck. And whoever else is on will, will match with you and then someone drives over to someone's place and boom, it happens and then away you go. Um, so it's like sex on demand. Oh, wow. Wow. We have not talked about that, but 
I'm glad we are now. <laughs> yeah. <Because> options. <laughs> so people. many options for people. So, wow. I'm fascinated, though, by the idea of like um, those things being hooked up to sex apps. So, like, people can have casual hookups without ever leaving their apartment once yeah. that happens. People already accuse millennials of like putting off marriage. I wonder the effects that that will have. I know. Like, what part? What what part of a relationship is so important about sex? Like, will we still be in relationships even if we can get sex with a robot or online or have virtual orgies? Like, what part of the of being human and being in a relationship with a human is going to be important anymore? Well, I guess it depends. Like, are you in a relationship just for the sex? I'm not. Right. I mean, the sex is good, but that's not like the only reason I'm in a relationship. But like maybe that will become hookup culture. And then when you go and meet somebody on a first date, it's actually to get to know them. Maybe it'll help. I don't know. People that are looking for relationships. I mean, like casual sex, like it can feel empty after a while. At least it did, you know, when I was just dating around. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 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 Um, have we left out anything when it comes to the future of sex? Oh, yeah, you have. Um, I want to tell you about augmentation. Yes. So this is where people attach technology to their bodies. Um, It's very experimental, really interesting. On the internet, it's called body hacking, body hackers. And there is one guy from Utah that has created a, a... vibrating attachment and inserted it in his uh, above his pelvis so that his penis is able to vibrate whoa that's a thoughtful man because (laughs) that's really more for the lady than for him yeah you'd think so right i mean i'm sure it feels good for him too how and it this body didn't reject it i mean like we try to do organ transplants and you got to take all these like you know, anti-rejection medications. How did the body not reject this <laughs> vibrator? It's very dangerous. <laughs> it's very experimental. People are putting chips in their in their wrists with um, in Australia with the microchip for the subway system, so you can go straight through. And they just have it on there. I, I've always wanted that. Actually, I can't believe people are really doing yeah, that yeah. because the, it's yeah. just and easy. For it. yeah, it's, it's not. It, it, oh, wait, you're, it's illegal? You're yeah. not supposed to? Oh. No, no, no. You're not meant to. Oh. But it's the body hackers, this movement worldwide that is about putting technology in all different areas of your body. Some control the toaster, you know, like all... <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know if I would like do surgery so I could control my toaster, but I mean, I don't <laughs> for know. my Metro card, yeah, maybe. maybe not losing my Metro card. That was reloading might be, be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fascinating. It's like Minority Report. It well, really when you say like body augmentation, I think about all the times we've talked about like the specialty porns that people are into and like people that are into like octopus porn is like a huge thing. So is that like part of it? Like do people like putting tentacles on themselves? Like or- potentially, I think that it's, it's like-, like when Lady Gaga went through that phase where she had like her weird like things on her shoulders and her cheekbones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that was just makeup, guys. Right. It? Yeah. Oh. Um. What were we saying about that? Right. So like, so like, is that <laughs> oh, is part it of weird it? Is, porn? Well, like, yeah. Like, is, is that like an element of augmentation that you can like create, like make yourself like some fantasy creature that somebody would be into? Like, is that an option? Potentially. I think in augmentation for sure, you know, you see those cases of women that want to look like dolls or Barbie yes. dolls or um, also there's people that want to look like aliens that get their ears modified and their faces modified and chins and all that sort of stuff. So definitely that. I think more on the sex side of things, like we're talking genitals, right, and having a vibrating penis is more there. But, yeah, it's it's definitely a cutting-edge technology. Wow. There's so much happening. It moves so quickly, technology. I want to meet the guy with the vibrating penis. All right. Well, we've put that out there. If any podcasters want to try to connect Angela. <laughs> and on that note, it is time for our Reason of the Week Breakdown. So TBD of sex robots are the wave of the future, but if they are, it's important to know the most popular robo girls and boys out there. We're going to quiz Briny's knowledge in a game we call Sex robot or pet name? 
So we're going to give you a name, and you have to guess if it's a famous, well, famous-ish sex robot or one of our pet's names. I love it. Okay, are you ready to play? Let's go. All right, first one, Cody Katie. Your pet. Yes, I had a parakeet named Cody Katie. I couldn't pick one of the names, so I did both. Uh, Cow Kylie. Oh, that's a pet. No. That's a sex robot from LumaDollStore.com. The same company has a sex robot, sex bot dating agency where you can rent a doll or you can buy your own. So it's named Cow because the breasts are big. Cow? Charming. <laughs> Cow Kylie. Yeah, you know, her udders. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, next. Harmony. I know that's a sex robot. Yes, sure it is. is. From RealDoll.com. Harmony. They said is the thinking man's love doll, which is nice. Molly. Aw. Could go either way. Let's say it's a pet. Yeah. Sure is. My cat. Um, that was Angela's cat. <laughs> Charlie. Also my sister's name, but uh, <laughs> didn't know you had a cat. No wonder, yeah. no wonder you two get along so well. That's exactly why. <laughs> um, Charlie is a pet. Sure is. That was my cat that I rescued from a fraternity warehouse basement and then um, gave it to my parents and said, deal with this. Yeah, he loved to play beer pong. Um, Roxy. That is a sex doll. Yes. Very good. <laughs> Roxy spelled with three X's. Get it? Uh, from truecompanion.com. Uh, Sam. I love how you give your pets human names. <laughs> it worked really well for this game. <laughs> well, except for Angela's uh, Cody Kike. Cody, Cody, Cody. Technically, those are both human names. They're just combined. True. Um, pet, pet. My little Samo, my best friend, my dog. Yep. Sure is my dog. Uh, Rocky. Aww. Is that like the accompaniment to Roxy? Maybe. Yes. This is actually the only male sex doll out there, apparently. And he's like, not. So it's from truecompanion.com also. And uh, apparently it's only available per pre order. Oh, oh, oh okay. so not even out there yet. They're not thinking about the ladies. Um, and last but not least, Samantha. She. Um, I love that you're like staring at me like I'm a poker face. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to give I, it up. What's the prize? What's the prize? Do I get some. More um, <laughs> Samantha, I feel like you wouldn't call your pet Samantha, so it's a doll. Sure is. Uh, you sure know your sex robots. That is from I don't know how I feel about CynthiaAmatus.com. Uh, Samantha is for the caring lover, designed to respond to kisses. She orgasms when you hit her G spot. Uh, well, amazing job. What you a gal. Sh- you sure can tell <laughs> yeah. sex robots from pets. Uh, guys, we hope we've cleared up this week's reason because that is it. For this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast, thank you so much to our guest, Briny Cole. You can check out her podcast, Future of Sex, on iTunes and follow her on Twitter at Briny Cole, B-R-Y-O-N-Y-C-O-L-E. Any other plugs we should tell people about? You're like traveling all over the place. You're, you're in demand right now. Where can people track you down? Oh, everywhere. But best of all, futureofsex.org will have wherever I am in the world right now. Fantastic. Uh, and a plug for ourselves. Check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. Yep. And you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and the codes, you can check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We're also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Our personals are at Sparadactyl for me. And I'm at Laura Lane Rad on Instagram. Yep. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single.